Passion Pod. Hello. Thank you so much again for your ears. It's just a real honour that you're choosing to put us in them for a bit. Just super appreciate it. So this week, what is it like to make a living as a painter? Chatting to Emily Thornton, tough, I imagine, as a lot of these things are. But painting, where's that balance between the things that you want to paint and create and the things that you kind of need to on a commission basis? Because, you know, a diet of beans and toast ain't that fun every day. Uh, So chatting to Emily, she's super, super honest and has some great advice about that kind of thing, as well as things that you maybe wouldn't have thought about. I definitely hadn't before I chatted to Emily about the change of working on your own and then sharing all these things that you've created in an exhibition or with with people that you're doing these paintings for. It's quite a shift. So really, really interesting to hear a bit about that. So feast your ears. Emily. You are listening to Passion Pod 77 with Emily Thornton. I would describe you as, I was going to describe you as an artist, Mm. but actually probably describe yourself more as a painter. Yes, I would say I was more of a painter. I mean, I do do a lot of drawing before painting, but painting is my great love and why I decided to leave Burberry to pursue full time. It's so exciting. So exciting. Can you believe that you do it? No, I really can't. I really can't. It's one of those things where you sort of think, oh my God, this is my life. This is actually what I'm doing. But, you know, I've always, always loved painting. And that's never not been there. So the fact that I get to do this every day is, you know, I am very lucky and, yeah, I just love it. So, Emily, take us back a bit. Burberry, you mentioned. So what was your background then? You weren't doing painting and stuff before. No, I was at Burberry for nearly two years. Um, It was a great experience. Met some amazing people. Doing what? What was your role there? Um, It was a very admin-based role, so not particularly creative. And it got to a point where... I was actually in India, all places, and it sounds so lame, but I came back and thought, you know, I found myself. I love it. I've never done any time out travelling, so two weeks in India and I'm ready packing everything. (laughs) Here's my soul. But that's yeah. great. It's often, you need to get taken out of your everyday. Exactly. It was a real time for reflection. I came back. I thought, actually, you know what? I'm going to give this a go. You know, I'm young enough. I've only got responsibility to myself. Let's do this. I mean, it still took five, six months till I actually left to sort of get things in place. When you made that change, how did you make that work financially at the beginning? Well, as I said, it took me about five, six months to when I actually left. And in those five, six months, I was going for it, trying to find commissions. I did a lot of, well, I used to do a lot of photographing at parties and things, which was something that is fun, but not necessarily me. But, you know, great money was just saving. You know, come September, it wasn't like I was sort of twiddling my thumbs. I had commissions. You were ready to I go. I was ready to go. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't have left Burberry having not had that. Yeah. So had you started, you were doing painting on the side, you'd always kept that, or you were yes. doing that already? having left uni, I were kept on the commissions on the side, which was great, but I didn't really have enough time to do that, so it was sort of frantic weekends, rushing home to get work done. And also, um, I guess, if you're doing commissions, I imagine, I don't know, that you're kind of restricted there to the things that people want, rather than actually exploring what exactly, you want to paint. Exactly, So it was, yeah, and it was a big decision, but a, a good one, hopefully. So, yeah, well, I, I know that, because I just was very kind kindly invited to your first show. I mean, talk us through how you get to that process. So you left Burberry how long ago, roughly now? It was a year last September, end of August, September. Okay. So I moved back home for a bit because I couldn't find a studio in London. 
Um, and I also actually had my part set on this one studio space. I sort of met through a mutual friend and she said, this is a great space. You know, speak to Michael, the guy who owns the studio. So I did, but sort of didn't hear anything for two months and was pestering him every day. He was probably sick of me. <laughs> um, and then suddenly he said, yep, studio space has come available. So then I sort of packed up everything, got up to London, moved into this really cool space. What was it about the space that was such... I mean, I guess for what you do, you needed like literally physical space because your paintings yeah. are quite big yeah what was it about this specific studio that kind of stood I mean, out just sort of it's just got such a good vibe there are about 40 people there so people around you yeah as well. there are sort of painters there are sculptors there's jewelry makers and uh, you all have your sort of individual space and you know we get on with our own work but what's so nice that there's a communal area for having lunch and go up and you sort of shove your soup in the microwave and have a bit of a chat about yeah everything and anything which is so nice just because it is quite lonely and you know to have that interaction it's very easy to get stuck in your head and I know I'm the worst at that so yeah for that and I've met some amazing people and actually what's so lovely is that some of these people are really established in their careers it's so lovely to be able to talk to them and they give advice and people often talk about that actually you know especially when you're doing these kind of adventures of being around people and it's quite cool because actually you haven't experienced too much time where you've been working on your projects mm. on your own. I know you are day to day, but yeah, how much it made it more real as yeah. well. Just because I was sort of working at home, and I was sort of thinking, God, what am I doing here? I sort of feel like I'm sort of taking a break, and it's that feeling also of guilt that you're, you know, this is my livelihood, and I'm at home painting away and having a really nice time. But actually, it didn't feel real until I got back to London, especially with something like painting. I imagine actually just hearing you say that because. There's such a time, it's like filmmaking in a funny way. You know, you do all the creative thing and you don't then see the financial side of it for some time afterwards. Yeah. Especially when you're starting out, that must be quite a challenge, I imagine. Yeah, and I've learned a lot from that. It was quite difficult at the beginning in terms of commissions coming in and at what point did I see the reward for that. But it's something that I'm more mindful of now. And also... A New Year's resolution for this year is sort of balanced because when I first started, I was sort of hell for leather with commissions, sort of going, going, going for it. Well, because anyone that offers you anything, you want to just yeah, grab. Yeah, of course, and it's obviously yeah. my bread and butter, it's my work, yeah. you know. But at the same time, because my work is quite abstract, I was working on these commissions and really, really enjoying the opportunity and really enjoying doing the painting side of things. But it was that thing of, oh, they're going to like it. It wasn't like they'd just sort of seen one of my paintings and thought, yes, I really like that. So I sort of felt like I was sort of having finished these commissions to start working towards a body of work the exhibition I felt like it was a good opportunity to loosen up and actually get back to me who I am as a painter it sort of got to a point where I felt like I was painting for other people rather than myself and I've had all these little ideas sort of bubbling around in my head thinking god I've got to get these out but I didn't have the time because I was doing the commissions and also then it's the weighing up of what's what you're being paid for yeah exactly I know that sounds very commercial but it's you know you've got you to think about it um so yes yeah, so I sort of stopped taking commissions end of April and started working on a body of work which was this exhibition which was very much me as a how did that feel really really awesome I mean so exciting I can't even tell you I mean <laughs> I can tell in the face it's I okay. just, oh god it was so great <laughs> went down to Devon and Cornwall and was painting down there outside which was just amazing and just really loosened up for the first time since leaving Burberry I just felt like I could really go for it oh wow um, which was how yeah, satisfying really exciting that's so cool and then those paintings formed you know large proportion mm. then of this exhibition that you did just before Christmas yes exactly and is that what I mean again in my ignorance is that how it will work perhaps for you is that you'll do bodies of work and have exhibitions I think I mean going back to new year I'm so thinking this year I've got to have a bit more balance because before, because I was working commissions and then separately worked for the exhibition, 
I want to be able to be working sort of three days a week on commissions and then two to three days on my own stuff and keep them sort of side by side so that, you know, if any group shows did come up or any art fairs come up, I've got a body of work or some painting just be like, yeah, you can have these. To be more reactive, really. Because before I didn't have that, it was very much sort of commissions which were already going to people or paintings that were going to the exhibition, which I couldn't afford to be shipping out to whoever. So it'd be more kind of, yeah, more day-to-day way of running your... Yeah, and yourself. I think a bit sort of healthier as well for the mind, just because I think doing commissions especially, you know, because as I feel there's a massive pressure from the person who's commissioned a painting that, you know, it's got to be right, it's got to be perfect, and no painting is ever perfect, I personally feel. But it's that thing of, you know, when you have these days where you sort of think, oh, God, I can't paint, what am I doing? I've given up my job. You know, it's you're only depending on yourself. It's only you that can do this. And I know I'm particularly bad in terms of going into my head and being quite negative and so... So do you see this as a way of trying to combat that? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, when I am doing my own stuff and even like a brief half an hour's painting, if it goes well, it's the best thing ever. And it just sort of outweighs everything else. Um, it's been a real journey and sort of self-discovery. I know that probably sounds a bit lame, but you've, I've learned a lot about myself. What do you think the things that like practically have made a difference, like in terms of this New Year's resolution about maybe dividing up your week? Mm. Are there any other sort of practical things that you found have really helped? You know, I think it's very easy to sit in your studio and sort of stew, being like, oh God, what am I doing? And it's very easy to look inside yourself, dwell on things, but actually, you know, you've got to be so sort of doing this, stay present, keep moving forwards. And actually, going forwards, you know, just got to get out there, go to an exhibition, go for a walk, come back in, you know, take a break. That's what I find really hard. so hard to do in practice, and it's so easy to say. But actually, as soon as you do go and see an exhibition and you come back really inspired, you're going to come back and think, actually, you know what, this painting isn't going to work right now, but I am going to do this. And, you know, you'll have an amazing how many hours painting, and it'll just suddenly be like, oh, okay. It's the self-editing of that, isn't it? Yeah. Because there's always that feeling of, oh, but if I take a break, I've got to keep going and I've got to get this done. And it's like, actually, you are doing yourself such a disservice Mm. so often in that mindset. And you're so right. If you can, remove yourself, get some freshness in in some way and then come back at it. I think that's one of the biggest challenges of working for yourself. Yeah. I think... Definitely. Because there's no one there to say to you, Step away. Go away. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're going mental in front of my eyes. Get out of here. What was what did you find the biggest challenge about doing the exhibition? I was I mean loads I imagine, but what what was the biggest thing that you had to deal with? Uh, I think the biggest challenge for me is that you know I've been in my studio painting away, I haven't been seeing that many people, and these paintings. It's going to sound so strange, but sort of become my friends. Oh, and, I love you know, it. Spending I've so much time with these these paintings. And gone officially work. mad. And then suddenly you see it all in a space and see the work anyway in a space with white walls surrounding it rather than so stacked. I mean, I honestly don't know how I managed to keep everything in my studio. But yeah, it's just having everything up there and feeling actually very exposed by the whole thing. It was such a private thing. It was a very personal thing. You know, it's my great passion. And, you know, when you're in there every day painting away, so think, yeah, I'm loving this. But, you know, are people going to love this? Are people not going to love this? And laying yourself bare in an exhibition space, you know, I sort of almost wanted to take everything down get it back to my studio just for me again oh, which I know God. sounds very no. sort of odd probably because no. art is meant to be seen <laughs> yeah that it's got to just gotta, yeah. gotta clear that one up darling <laughs> at this stage in your career but no actually I can completely understand what you're saying because you haven't even seen them hung on a wall really no. probably into that point and then suddenly there's people saying oh this is great or we're oh, not sure about that and you're like oh god I don't even know what I think about them all being up there and out yeah. there so yeah that, that was probably my biggest challenge just feeling very exposed by it but you know a learning curve and, you know, the more you do it, perhaps the more that will yeah, become I think it's, it's, easier. I don't think ever easy, probably, but... 
easier mm. maybe yeah definitely I think it's also a self-confidence thing my confidence has never been that big and particularly when you are working by yourself it's easy to sort of be very self-critical so yeah hopefully the more the exhibitions I have the more confidence hopefully it will grow yeah no, definitely and I think it's time I think it's yeah. time and practice and you know, you've never had an exhibition of your own before. Of course, it's going to be challenging. Let's be honest. You yeah. know, like, oh yeah, sure, walk into this breezy, breezy. It's like, <laughs> afraid life doesn't really roll like no, that. <laughs> I think the things that are worth having never, never are. In terms of as well, admin, I guess, of actually doing an exhibition. Not yeah. only is it for you, like how you hang it, and mm. but, but like inviting people. Exactly, and there's so many different aspects to it. From sort of my doing my own PR, marketing, which I've got no experience of. And because I'm not represented yet by a gallery, you know, it's only me that's doing that. Um, so what was, how, how was that? Did you kind of, was that a learn-as-you-go type vibe I then? mean, very much so. I mean, suddenly thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to curate this exhibition. And I had help from a very dear friend. But, you know, it was a real learning curve. And so thinking, God, you know, inviting people, where do I even start? And you meet so many people. Oh, I have met so many people over the last 18 months. And you think, okay, you know, I'm going to email them. And then you sort of think, God, how much can I pester someone to come? You know, you can bring a horse to water but you can't make it drink did you find it it was quite a good way to consolidate the people that you'd met the work that you'd done I imagine something like that kind of forces you to bring everything together a bit yeah no exactly I mean it very much so thought okay who have I met over the past 18 months who mm. can I contact you know and streamlines I, it a yeah, bit yeah slightly actually I have to say I've just sent out my first newsletter um, which I thought was quite a good way of updating people on what I'm doing, what I'm up to. And again, that's quite a good practice for sort of people who have contacted me because the thing which I find most exciting is obviously friends have been so supportive, but when you have someone that you don't know contact you saying, really want to buy this painting or really excited about X, Y, and Z or, you know, thinking about a commission, that's the really exciting thing because they've found me. So by so grown adding up. them, yeah, I mean, so, so grown up. <laughs> it makes it feel it's like really, this it? is actually really real I now. feel like a small child. <laughs> Darling, don't we all? Don't when I'm chucking paint around. Um, yeah, that's the bonus of yours. You get to actually act like one as well. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so for, yeah, streamlining contacts, I mean, great. And the newsletter's just been another way of doing that. You know, Instagram's a great tool. And, you know, I sort of posted an image of something I'd mentioned in my newsletter and said, you know, if anyone wants to be updated email me at this address and you know I've had a couple of people who I don't know come back again saying you know would love to receive your newsletter so I've got to really ramp up my game with the newsletter <laughs> no pressure <laughs> no pressure um but That's yeah so really cool. exciting really exciting um darling what we talked a bit about the challenges but tell me what other things have you found challenging you know things that stick out in your mind that yeah I mean the main thing is working by yourself yeah I, guess. I think it's the loneliness of that but mm. then there's so much joy wrapped up in the work when it's going well and it just Every time you have a crappy day and then you have an amazing day's painting, you just sort of think, this is the best thing ever and I just want to be doing this forever. I just wonder whether you can't have one without the other. I think that's yeah. maybe what I'm learning. But I think that's what makes us who we are and it is really hard, but you know, you've got to keep going and... That's how you're made. That's yeah. how you are. Um, if someone was wanting to... Yeah, if someone was wanting to follow a similar path to you, what bit of advice do you wish you'd been given that would be handy to pass on to them? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's really important to have your home life and your work life separate. Um, and the fact that I, you know, I get up in the morning, I go to my studio, and also the studio's got have many other people there. I think that's really important. I just think talking to anyone and everyone, I mean, whoever you can talk to about advice and you know, glean as much as possible just because, you know, it is hard and people are doing it and to get any, you know, pros and cons from that so you can react from that. 
you know, is really important and it's really helped me. I mean, I couldn't have done it without the people I've met over the past 18 months. Um, and everyone's also so willing to chat and give advice. And similarly, if anyone came to me and said, you know, I'm thinking about doing this, what do you reckon? And I would be all for it, number one. And number two could say, yeah, you're going to be good all meet up. We've got to talk, you know, keep that interaction going. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but if you don't go for it, then you've got no chance. Such a lovely lady. So great to have Emily Thornton on Passion Pods. Really interesting just to hear what life is like making it as an artist, especially if you're like me and the best bit of art I've ever drawn is probably a stick man. That's, that's the level we're talking. So great to hear what it's like to actually make a living out of that. And lovely bits of advice in there as well, which if you're after more bits like that, by the way, plugity plug, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Passion Pods. Because every week what we do is we glean all the best bits of advice from our podder that we've been chatting to and tweet it throughout the week, one or two a day, of the advice that they give us in the podcast to continue sharing it, spreading the advice and inspiration as far and wide as we can. Um, And on that note, next week we've got another dose of it for you. How much do you know about Ukrainian food? I'm guessing not much. Hope you don't think I'm being presumptuous with that. But after next week, hopefully you're going to know a little bit more. It's educational as well as inspiring, right? Um, Makes me hungry just thinking about it, to be honest. Chatting to a chef and food stylist and food writer who specialises in Ukrainian food. That is the podcast for you next week. Make sure that you subscribe to us on iTunes and it'll just plop into your podcast app. Takes all the stress away. Uh, So, Ukrainian food it is. Next week, right here on this podcast. See you then.